this edition of With All Due Respect. Strong opinions on politics, life, and entertainment. Welcome to another episode of With All Due Respect. I'm your host, Andrew Halcrow. With me, as always, is my main man, the one, the only, Van Sanders. As always, we'd like to thank the Anchorage Daily News for hosting our podcast on their website and remind listeners that the very strong opinions you hear on this podcast are ours and ours alone and in no way, shape, or form represent the opinions of the Anchorage Daily News or their employees. Today on With All Due Respect, we have assembled a panel of experts and we'll be covering one subject. An absolute bombshell on the front page of Alaska's largest newspaper this morning as charges are being levied against Mayor Dave Bronson by his former city manager, Amy Dimboski. You'll remember Dimboski had been abruptly fired on December 19th in a move that was surrounded by both conflicting stories and rampant gossip. But yesterday, an 11-page letter from Dimboski's attorney, Scott Kendall, detailed an entire catalog of alleged illegal behavior by the mayor as it was released to the public. Accusations included, but were not limited to, all right, are you ready for this? Illegal delegation of contracting authority, unlawful source contracting, improper termination, unlawful termination of fluoride supply, unlawful expenditures of public funds, collusion with intent to break the law, human resource violations, hostile work environment, violating city codes, misuse of the law enforcement database, illegal attempts to influence pending criminal charges, illegal attempts to direct city project to political friends, gender discrimination, and violation of the Whistleblower Act. I'm waiting for Mr. White Keys to turn that into a song. <laughs> and in re- there was in re- no mention of Joe Race there. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Wait for your cues, gentlemen. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, in response, the Anchorage Assembly leadership issued a statement calling the allegations extremely shocking, not just shocking, but extremely shocking, and went on to say that, look, many of the allegations surrounding workplace violations and executive misconduct fall outside the Assembly's jurisdiction. Now, joining me today on this immediate, quick response analysis on our podcast today and talking about what is next Ethan Berkowitz, former Anchorage mayor and a regular co-host on our politics segment. And we're going to welcome Anchorage Assembly Vice Chair Christopher Constant, who co-authored the Assembly's public response to the latest City Hall controversy. Look, Chris, a lot to unpack in this letter, but first, let's start with this. What is the Assembly's legal authority to respond, to investigate, et cetera, et cetera? So that's a great question, Andrew, and it's exactly the question we are asking ourselves right now. And so we are working through a process of legal briefing and analysis of uh, what is the role of the Anchorage Assembly or any local government in the context of inquiries into potential malfeasance and allegations of civil and potentially criminal wrongdoing. And so we aren't at the point yet where we have a path forward, so I can't really answer that with great detail, but I can tell you that... We are preparing an analysis with our attorneys, and then the next step will be 
probably an executive session in which the members discuss uh, what our options are, chart a course forward, and then do what's within our powers and refer that which is not. Now, uh, these allegations surfaced immediately um, when Demosky was fired. As a matter of fact, I think within a day or two, it was reported in the press that she came out with this, talking about how she was terminated uh, because uh, she was terminated because, uh, you know, she had reported illegal behavior. Had the assembly taken any action between that time and between now when this letter this from her attorney uh, was was served on the mayor? Yeah, we've been working really hard over the last month to grapple with questions about what is occurring, what's been passed. Some of these allegations span some months, many months, a year, year and a half back. And so looking at the records and seeing, A, what we've already worked our way through, and B, what still has to come. In fact, if you look at our agenda from our meeting last Tuesday, we just finally received an audit about the Joe Gerace debacle. And so... Our processes are inherently slower because we're legislative and we're a multi-member body. We aren't an executive body. But, um, yeah, we have spent the last month working, and I personally have been working on some code changes. Uh, Ethan, did you wanted to jump in here. I don't know. Sharp-eared listeners might have heard a barking dog, and I just can't can't help but think of Sherlock Holmes here. You know, you got a dog that barked. Clearly, something was wrong in the backyard, um, and and the the evidence here. You keep calling them allegations, but there's some pretty strong evidence to support the idea that you got a mayor who uh, and an administration that has clearly demonstrated its incompetence and now is bordering on the corrupt and possibly criminal. So we're we're just waiting to see how I this all, all, all unfolds. Yep. Well, you know, let's let's go through some of these ones that I, I just want to and I want to start with what I feel are some of the most egregious. I mean, absolutely egregious. Um, his his illegal attempts to influence pending criminal charges. Now, according to the documents, uh, the letter sent by Scott Kendall, uh, Dimboski's attorney, he talked about how Larry Baker, who was under contract, again, Larry Baker's contract is another one of those issues, but he was, but Larry Baker went to the city attorney and said, tried to get uh, charges against his business partner, either dismissed or, or mitigated. I mean, that to me is, that that is unbelievable. You know, well, that is I, I, squarely into the, go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know, a lot of times folks get elected and they forget that they're responsible to the public and that they've sworn an oath to uphold the constitution. They think that somehow by dint of having a title, they are made king or conferred with some kind of royalty right away. That is not the case. You have to pay very close attention to what the rules are, and there are clear lines of authority and demarcation which were, were violated here. But the but ultimately, you look at all this stuff, and here you got a guy who claims to be a conservative. He's already blown millions of dollars on, on uh, dubious propositions conducted in dubious through through dubious procedure and now we're clearly facing the possibility of millions of more in cost and i don't know that's not conservative in my mind that is that that is just the worst kind of profligate spender out there right and i'll dive in there and just say this is that that one allegation is one that's very criminal adjacent and it's one that without 
clear evidence I would be very careful as an elected representative of the city to dive onto. But I, I will say that allegation, if proven true, is very, very serious. Well, and one of the main, you know, one of the main emerging patterns of behavior, and we have talked about this for, you know, almost two years on this podcast, is his, uh, you know, <laughs> Mayor Bronson's, you know, um, his belief that the law is just basically suggestions, right? I mean, we've talked about the cronyism and, you know, some of the things that he's done just simply, you know, long before the, uh, Dimboski's email and in the letter from Kendall emerged. So, you know, we've known for a long time that this is a guy who is clearly out there taking city money and rewarding his friends. And, you know, this shows not only a pattern of him being accused of doing that, continuing that behavior, but then firing people who won't do the same thing. Because one of the allegations was he illegally terminated a purchasing employee because the purchasing employee refused to swing a, a lucrative contract to one of his preferred, you know, donors, contributors, supporters, whatever, right? So, you know, not only is the dude, so, so then the guy says, well, okay, we're going to eliminate having to deal with people. We'll just start giving sole source abilities. I mean, this is all about putting cash back in the hands of his supporters, period. That's it. You know, there's a really gray area right now with the snow hauling in the contracts that have been issued. You know, he, because he's decided using the authority of the declaration of an emergency is something he won't do on some unreadable principle. I can't grasp where he's at, some pride issue. Um, he is, because he has been unwilling, he is subject to the procurement and the labor rules, but he is acting outside of the procurement rules to achieve his goals as if he had declared an emergency. And so if the allegations again prove true, it's very clear that he's acting in violation of the law that he could easily have waived with a simple action that the assembly, of course, would never get in the way of. We just had five and a half feet of snow dump in like a week. And so why would we not support that effort? But he couldn't help himself. And so suddenly we're finding contracts that are authorized for the Eagle River Chugiak service area being used to plow and clear Anchorage streets, which are funded from a different source under completely different contracts. But they're just justifying and manufacturing that those Chugiak Eagle River funded contracts can be used in town. Yes, do the contractors are. So I, I want to circle back to a couple of th these things. One is illegal attempts to influence pending criminal charges, right? How Larry Baker asked the city attorney to, to mitigate the charges. Um, and those were very serious charges, especially in a state where domestic violence is, you know, leads the, leads the nation. Right. And here's Larry Baker, con consultant advisor to the mayor, trying to get his buddy off uh, who committed, you know, some of the worst crimes. Right. Okay. So you got this, then you got the whole thing with Larry Baker's sole source contract being you know, renewed every time at $29,500 just to get in under the mark. Right. Um, then you have Bronson going to Larry Baker's house, carrying a gun at Thanksgiving for some reason. I mean, Jesus, this whole thing. I mean, if if I were to read this about some town in Florida, I'd be like, ah, there's Florida being Florida. Right. But we're talking about the largest city in Anchorage in Alaska. We're talking about Anchorage, Alaska. Right. I mean, we're talking about a, a city with a strong mayor government. And this guy's out, you know, playing Steven Seagal 
with with worse hair. He doesn't, did, you know, not the same hair. Yeah. Um, but I mean, so, so who's who's the who's the investigatory agency that's going to be looking at some of the procurement and some of some of these right. things? So now there's you, there are like three or four different issues that you just tapped into there. Um, the issue of Larry Baker, who I've worked with for some years, and I don't want to imagine they're playing games like this with the code. But that twenty nine thousand five hundred, it is what appears to be an attempt to skirt the procurement process, but even more damaging or potentially harmful is if it's demonstrable that it was an attempt to skirt the purse-terse issue where he's a retiree and if he's actively working, then he should be paying back into the system rather than taking two paychecks. And so there is an issue that some folks are going to be very interested in. Now, the issue of the the gun, you know, Anchorage, Alaska, it's a very pro-Second Amendment state. But what's very interesting about that conversation is if a member of the administration accessed the HMIS database to get information about the alleged um, person who went to Mr. Baker's house, then that may be a violation of federal law because those databases are not allowed to be used for personal purposes or for purposes other than that which they were designed for, which is to support the homeless management information system, not, you know, us, I don't know, to have the little the little bandito come in to try to save the day. You know, I don't know. It's just a shocking set of images. You know, and my, my message for folks has been shocking, yes, surprising, no. Well, I mean, look, this has been a pattern of behavior. I mean, you know, I think I used, started using that Vance shaking his head. I mean, you know, I think I started using that phrase on a regular basis, you know, the third episode in. I was just like, watch the pattern of behavior. And the pattern of behavior has just gotten worse and worse and worse. And now you have an entire eighth floor that's littered with people that everything they've done now has to come under question. Every land deal, every contract they've let, you know, every agreement they signed. You know, that has to come as suspect now because you don't know who's paying who and who gets what and, and, and that kind of thing. I mean, clearly they were in for a penny. They were in for a pound. And that's why they fired Domboski, because I think she, you know, as the mob says, she knew where all the bodies were. Buried. Well, I mean, from I think from her perspective, it was time for her to start telling him, hey, you got to line up, get it in line. Because what I think has started to happen was. Once he realized she was no longer a yes man, he started looping her out of the decisions that were being made. And so when you have the highest appointed official in the municipality, the manager, being gone around to achieve these aims, then that person can't be there. I think it was the second to the last paragraph of that amazing letter by um, Scott Kendall. It, it said it just so perfectly, and um, it was, uh, I'm tuning to it, I'm sorry. Can't find it. I have to, I'll, I'll, have to, I'll just say this while you're looking, Chris, is that whenever I see Scott Kendall's name in the press, I'm thinking, oh, man, now you have pissed off the wrong person. 
I mean, you know, every time I see my friend Scott Candle, he's fighting on the side of justice. And I, I we just were huge fans of Scott Candle here on this podcast. Uh, but his his letter, I mean, you know, look, you, you, you know, that, that's more than just, oh, he was mean or, you know, a, a situation that laid out a laundry list of he said, she said. I mean, again, you know, Dimboski clearly knows where the body is. Yeah. And, you know, Libby Bacalar opined on this today. She said, my favorite type of legal writing to do is the demand letter, where you describe for someone the myriad ways they fuck themselves and exactly how you plan to put them in the hurt locker. Scooter Kendall's letter to Bronson on behalf of Domboski is a masterpiece of the genre. That's true. Yeah. All right, we're going to wrap up there. We know you got to go, Chris. Uh, Ethan, you have anything to close with? I, I, I'm with Chris here when he said. Uh, Shocked, yes. Surprised, no. This, this you've seen these kind of patterns of behavior. They're evident from the jump. Um, you heard the barking dog all throughout. We saw all this happening. The public shouldn't be surprised. And you know that might that that letter might be a master of the genre, but there was a lot that was left unsaid in there. There were a lot of innuendos that were part of it. There was a lot that was done in the passive voice, uh, indicating that there was more story to be told. And I would suspect there are a lot more allegations that will happen once you start. What's that new show that people are watching about? Unpeeling the onion, you know, so keep peeling that <laughs> onion. You're going to find more that makes you cry. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that quote from uh, the letter is when fidelity to the laws of the municipality is considered a liability by a leader, that leader has truly lost his way. Yeah. Well, and I, I think poor Dave was lost even before he found the eighth floor of city hall. But I, let me say this, about, let me say this about Anchorage. Um, one last thing is we're a strong, resilient town and uh, Anchorage has weathered all kinds of mayors in the past. I speak uh, regretfully for being part of that, that litany and Anchorage will come out of this again in the future. And it is important to remember that we have, as a city, our own character, our own strength, and it is independent from the politicians that pretend to lead us. And, and I would close. I would close with this. Um, you know, thank you, Chris, for your service on the assembly. You know, the the residents of Anchorage, certainly the last uh, you know election cycle, clearly showed that they're not buyer, buying what this this mayor is selling. They protected a sensible majority on the assembly, which, as we know, for the last year and a half, has been the community's only firewall, only firewall to stop really bad things from happening. And now, in a time where clearly the corruption that we've talked about has come to light in a more you know evidentiary you know presentation. Um, we, again, you know, thankful for the assembly leadership. So Chris, I know it's a tough job and some Tuesdays are real tough, but thank you for well, your service. It is an honor and a pleasure and, uh, keep doing what you're doing. We need your voice. All right. And there is the music. And you know what that means? Please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Van, how about throwing us your website details? Sure. You can reach me at www.abodabobrand.com. All right, and that is our time, ladies and gentlemen, and we thank you for yours.